Welcome to Uplifting Women podcast. This podcast is sponsored by upliftingwomen.net, as well as Holly Teska Coaching and Consulting and Regent Leadership Group. Join our co-hosts, Holly Teska and Kristen Strunk, thought partners in the world of leadership, equality, and personal and professional development. Listen as they bring stories of inspirational women and their allies who are working every day for authentic leadership, equality, and inclusion in business, education, and community. These are the stories of the people whose mission it is to ensure others are seen, heard, and respected. They have overcome challenges in the workplace and the world or supported other women in doing so. Holly and Kristen are committed to uplifting women's voices, sharing inspiration, advice, and maybe even a few laughs from women and their allies about the work they are doing to promote inclusion and equality in our world. They believe that by sharing stories of challenge and triumph, we can all make the world a better place as we inspire others to step fully into their personal leadership space. We are so happy you have joined us today for our conversation. Hello, this is Kristen Strunk and Holly Tesca of the Uplifting Women podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode titled, If You See Something, Say Something, where we interview C.B. Bowman. You will learn all about C.B.'s accomplishments and history during this episode, but there are a few key things we thought were particularly key ideas. You will learn about C.B.'s approach to kicking butt in your own style, reminding all of us that what works for one person might not work for everyone. We also learn the importance of the philosophy that we have a responsibility to the greater good. Remember that the cause that you take up not only impacts you, but also those around you. Letting bad behavior pass only reinforces it and enables it. It leaves people with the impression that it's okay. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uplifting Women. This is Holly Tesca with her co-host, Kristen Strunk, welcoming you to our podcast today where we are interviewing C.B. Bowman. C.B. is a member of MG100, a speaker, a trainer, and the CEO of Workplace Equity and Equality, or WE, which is an organization focused on moving intent and commitment to action in the workplace using empathic and experience-based communication training and coaching. She's also ranked as the number one coach for increasing the quality of coaching for her work as the CEO of the Association of Corporate Executive Coaches, or ACEC, as well as the Miko Leadership Institute. CB is ranked as number 14 by Global Gurus for her work in branding. She helps executive coaches examine and scale up their business. She hosts three LinkedIn live shows per week, CB's LinkedIn live show, um, CB Bowman Live Challenges of the C-Suite, where she interviews renowned leaders in, in the industry and in human behavior to inform executive coaches, leaders, and experts in the latest news, theories, and models of excellence. On her CB Bowman Live Workplace Equity and Equality show, she interviews individuals who have made a difference in the DEI space or have been able to achieve beyond the limitations imposed by society as a member of the under-recognized population. Her show is one of Apple Podcasts' most listened to programs. On her C.B. Bowman Live social media influencers and thought leaders show, gosh, C.B., I don't know when you sleep, <laughs> she interviews individuals who are making a difference and who as a result have been deemed as thought leaders and or social media influencers. She is an avid clubhouse 
uh, host. She hosts two rooms a week. One is for leadership challenges and the other for the practice of executive coaching. We're going to put your websites in our show notes, CB. I train myself to take cat naps. (laughs) Yes, you are one busy woman, one busy woman. So thank you so much for joining us today. You know, I've, uh, I've been on your shows. I've watched your shows. You are a pro in all sense, and we're, we're honored to have you as among some of our first guests as we launch this new podcast. Um, As I mentioned to you, this is starting off as a passion project for Kristen and I. Um, We both have very strong feelings about the importance of all people participating in the world and in the workplace and being able to bring their gifts and talents and share freely. Tell us, CB, where did you come from and what have you done in your life to get you to this place where you're smack in the middle of a lot of really fun things and making a difference in people's lives? Well, first of all, thank you, Holly and Kristen, for inviting me to be part of this amazing project to uplift. And I'm not going to say uplift women, but to bring awareness to the gifts that we bring. You know, where did you start and how did you end up where you are these days? So... Let me just get back, you know, so my dad was in the military, and so I'm an army brat. Not tra- We didn't travel with my dad because my mom had this philosophy that her children should have one place called home, um, which I didn't agree with, but I, as I grew up, I understood. But still, that sort of military um, ability to take care of yourself was instilled between my mom and my dad in me. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't face racism until I entered the corporate world. And then I was stunned. And I actually didn't know what to do about it. And I sat myself down and I said, listen, you know what? You're made of stock where you know what to do, when to do it and how to do it. So let's get this rolling. Mm-hmm. And I ended up suing two companies for race discrimination, two Fortune 500 companies. And I'm here to tell you it was the hardest thing I've ever done because I was shunned by my own people, by Black people, and I was shunned by white people. So I was walking that tightrope by myself. So how did what got you through that? I, I think just the guts and grit that I was raised with. Mm -hmm. I wasn't raised in an environment where I faced discrimination. Somehow it came through my parents that you just don't take crap. Mm -hmm. And I had an amazing attorney who I, to this day, she's my best, one of my best friends. And I call her Columbo. And she was really a mentor more than an attorney. Just my pure stubbornness to say that I'm going to set this right so that the next generation of Black women don't have to go through what I'm going through. And that was it. It was pure tenacity. So looking back, do you feel like your actions made a difference? 
I think eventually they did. Um, I saw when I was there that they hired more Black women and Black men. Were their lives easier? Mm, Probably so, because I had some really horrible things happen to me while I was there. Mm -hmm. Um, Was it worth it health-wise? I'd have to question that because it didn't, it, as I grew older, I realized the toll it took on my health. Yeah. But again, would I change things? No, no. And you know what? It actually prepared me for the work that I'm doing now in both ACEC as well as in WE. Uh, in ACEC, it's really interesting because some of the people that um, try to defame me, try to kill my spirit, have come back. Certainly in the next company, they came back. I even have someone who's part of the association who knew what I went through. Fortunately, she was one of my silent heroes, but... Um, it was, it's good to see, and somebody just contacted me on LinkedIn to say, I want to link with you. And these are people who just sort of were not there to support me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that old story about revenge is true. Revenge is taste sweet, but it's even sweeter when it comes back at you not from a place of anger, right? Yeah. Uh, I had, for example, a company who wanted to work with ACEC, who at the time was very discriminating to me. Fortunately, the CEO didn't know it and came to me. uh, And, you know, I didn't know what to do. I said, should I be angry? Should I turn my back on this person? And the advice that I got from some really strong advisors said, CB, you're now in a position of power and strength. Don't go backwards to where they were. They're coming to you now. And so I sat the CEO down and and told her the story. And she was and she had no idea that this was going on. And all she could say to me was, these people are no longer with the company. And I know I can never make this up to you, but is there anything I could do? Well, long story short, we are fast friends now. That's amazing. You have to step up. You have to speak up because sometimes you place the blame where the blame shouldn't be. It all gets very murky when there's somebody or some group of people out there that are not supportive of you and your strength. And I say that to women, we have to speak up. We have to uh, defend And to say that that's just not something we were raised to do, that may be true, but now's the time. So get over yourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, CB, I I think one of the the most remarkable 
um, capabilities I love about you is your ability to just kind of step back and not let the immediate circumstances overtake you, but you can put that pause in between and gracefully step back, think about what's the position that you want to take on something and then come forward with all the grace and professionalism in the world to make it all seem right. And, you know, I think you're a great role model for other women to be able to do that because there's a lot of hurt that's involved. You know, I think um, in cases where I've seen, and, you know, Kristen, please feel free to jump into this. You know, it's like um, women take stuff like this personally, you know, it's hard to separate what's business versus what's personal and not feel like it's an attack on you personally. And maybe sometimes it is, but you know, you you can't, you, you, you have to put that aside if you're going to move forward. You do. And it is not easy. Uh, It took me years to figure this out. It took me a lot of courage uh, and, Uh, You know, I'm the kind of person who says, just do it, get over it. Um, But still, it took me a lot of years to figure it out. And part of it was figuring out, taking the time to figure out how to approach somebody and finding out whether or not your perception of the person is correct or not. And being willing to trust that person until you find out if you're wrong. But don't get me wrong. If I find out I'm right, it's a matter of cut and delete real fast. And I think you have to be willing to trust yourself to do that, to either trust and cut and delete when necessary. You bring up... um a couple of circumstances in my own life where I've had to do that. And I have this instinctual ability with people when I meet them, I have a very strong feeling one way or the other about, is this going to work or isn't this? And because I'm a bit of a Pollyanna on top of that, I tend to think that every, every situation is salvageable and everything is worth my putting 110% into. And sometimes it's not, and that's a tough lesson. And even at my age, I still struggle with that. So yeah, yeah. Cut and delete. It's hard. It's extremely hard to do yet. It's important to your well-being, both in terms of health and mentally to be able to tell whether or not somebody is coming to you from a source of enrichment. I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, I was part of two groups last year. Uh, One group I really wanted to belong to because I thought, oh, this is a group of really powerful people. One thing I realized when I got in the group is CB, you had a bit of the imposter syndrome going on, and that is not like you. So what the hell? But what the interesting part was, one of the men in the group 
called me and said, I don't think you handle the situation very well with regard to another woman in the group. And I thought, well, first of all, the other woman in the group was wrong. She apologized. I accepted, but also told her how much that disturbed me. His perspective was, I shouldn't have added the last piece. And he framed it, I'm talking to you from a sense of love. I want to see you succeed. Now, this is when you have to take a deep analysis. Where's the truth here? Yeah. Because the other woman is a strong woman. If she had a complaint, she would have contacted me. Now, the reason why I'm telling this story is it takes a lot, because this is an experience that women have often, and it takes a lot to sit down calmly and figure it out, to watch, to see the behavior of that person, especially when somebody says, I'm coming at you from a point of love, and I want to see you succeed. You have to realize that Sometimes that's an excuse to take you down. So CB, I'm curious, what are some of those behaviors that you would be watching for in that situation? What are some things that might clue you in that that person might not be really looking out for your best interest? That's a great question. And it took me a long time. And I think mostly... It was about how the woman didn't respond or did respond. That was my first clue. Next was watching this person's interaction with other people and listening to this person in terms of how they interacted in their personal life. It gave me a big clue that this person needed to be right, even if there was no situation that promoted whether or not he was going to be right or wrong. So stepping in and saying, I'm doing something out of love that is really non-supportive. First, also, what has that person done in your relationship to deem that they are coming at it from love. They don't even know me. So how can you educate me with love? It's a, this is an interesting part of the, this conversation because you know women have a way of interacting with each other. Women and men have a way of interacting with each other. Men and men have a way of interacting with each other. And you know, we're all stuck to figure it out. Sometimes I think some of the worst relationships can be women to women. Oh, don't even get me started there. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. It absolutely is. And, you know, that in and of itself, uh, you know, I'm really passionate about nipping because there, there have been many women in my life that have been very supportive, uplifting um, but there have been probably 10 times the number of women who would be real happy to cut me off at the knees. Oh, for sure. 
Yeah. Sure. And one of my biggest things, and I know I'm going to get into trouble with this, is men are overt, women are covert. I have had many more men in my life support me than women. That's just the bottom line. Now, I don't know if it's because I'm a black woman or a woman or a kick-ass woman. Women will tend to really communicate with you and then turn around and flip the conversation to other people where it can be harmful. Mm-hmm. Men will just tell you straight out. Let me give you another example. The second group that I was in, I was in with five men. And it was the, the purpose of the group was to talk about what do you need support in and it's and bond together. So you met for an hour and a half and you had a chance to present what you were working on and tell a little bit about yourself. And I, at that point, I was just starting the design for we. And so I presented. And so the men said, well, yeah, but what's your two minute pitch? What if a news person comes to you and says, what made you start this? Why are you doing this? And I said, it's simple. I am tired of seeing a situation that supports suing a company for the lack of equality and equity and diversity. I've been through it as a corporate member. I see the loopholes. I see that there's solutions. Their response was, that's not good enough for a media person. You don't have to do better than that. And you need to have a business plan. And, you know, the website can use some changes. And, 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 and. And my husband, a white Italian, was sitting in the living room listening to this. And I got off. I was instantly, my heart was angry. And my husband said to me, really interesting how jealous those men were of your accomplishment. And I said, darling, that's exactly why I married you. He thought even faster than I did. Now, ironically, two of those men have come to me to help them with their business. I guess it wasn't all that bad. And so, again, we women would take that and say, oh, my God, I'm not doing something right. I need to restart. I need to rethink. You know, it reminds me of what I used to tell people. When somebody comes to criticize you, you need to figure out are they delivering half full or half empty? So if somebody says to you, gosh, I think you're doing an amazing job having your own company. I wouldn't have had the guts to open my own company. I would have been concerned about failure. I would have been concerned about putting food on the table for my family. But you know what? You, you go for it. I, I, I admire you. Was that a compliment or was that an attack on your ability? And 90% of the people would say, that's a supportive message. They're saying that they're behind you 100%. And I did this in a conference where I was presenting to 1,000 women. And I said, how many women in the audience think that that was a supportive statement? So 75% said, oh, that's a wonderful, yeah, that's definitely supportive. Yeah. 
they're saying they can't do it, but I can. I said, how many people are not sure? 20% raised their hand. I said, how many people think that that was a way of undermining and manipulating your mind? Only 5% of a thousand people said, yeah. We are so used to the clothing that we don't strip it all away and look at the body itself. But meantime, in our mind, we start feeling, mm, you know, I'm, I'm just not sure, uh, you know, can I do this? You know, the itchy mind. I, I wonder if I will be able to put food on the table. I'm just here to say that we don't really listen. We don't cognitively listen to the comments that people make when they're trying to stop us in our tracks. But all of a sudden, emotionally, we start to get itchy and we're not quite sure what happened. Listen for what's happening. Stop it in its tracks. Don't you think some of that is is, um, social conditioning though too? I mean, I, I was brought up in a time where, you know, the message was, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Yeah, my mother used to say that to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and yeah, I guess. But the, the problem with it is women were conditioned that way and men weren't. Point taken. Yes, I agree. Yeah, so I agree. Let's break, let's break that cycle. Yeah. Now, and the other thing is, Holly, I think that we as a society don't take the time to figure out how to say things that are concerning to us. And their response was, well, yeah, let's have a conversation. They didn't see it coming. And my conversation was, yeah, so I'm, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about my perception, I'm owning it, of what you said. I just want to check. Is that what you, is that the perception you wanted me to have? And the response was, oh my God, of course not. Now, even if it was, you're putting it on the table that you heard it that way. So where do we go from here? Yeah. Do we We, go from a point of supporting each other or do we just let it stay there in the air? Or, you know, how how do you want to handle this? Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about having real honest conversation with one another And just as you demonstrated, it's not about saying you did this or you did that, or this is how I'm feeling about it. Do I have it right? And I mean, really, when you think about it, CB, that's the core of the work we do as coaches, right? Trying to help people sort through what the intention was versus how it landed with the other person. So, you know, more honest conversations Well, CB, this has been a really interesting conversation. And I mean, I really enjoy you sharing with our listeners, you know, some of the the trials and tribulations along with the successes of your life um, and what's brought you to a place of peace and success and good things ahead. You know, if I were going to ask you, what's just one simple piece of advice you want to leave our listeners with today to think about and reflect um, as they chart their own course or figure out their own next move or 
the next accomplishment that they want to make? What's one piece of advice that you want to leave them with? Learn to kick ass in your style. (laughs) But you're so right. I mean, what feels good for one might not be the right prescription for another. And that's a big part of why we're doing this podcast to share stories because there are women out there like you that feel comfortable standing tall in your shoes and doing it your way. There's others that are thinking, oh my God, I could never do that. You know, you got to figure out what your secret sauce is. You've done some amazing things and clearly some of your best work is still in front of you. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) So give yourself a pitch. Um, Tell our listeners where they can find you if they want to get in touch or connect. So if you are an executive coach, please check us out at the Association of Corporate Executive Coaches. Uh, The website is acec-association.org. And if you want to hire CB to do a speech, an interview, or if you have a coaching practice and you want to move it to the next level, contact me at cb at cbbowman.com. Thank you so much for listening in on this latest episode of Uplifting Women Podcast. Holly and Kristen appreciate your dedication to uplifting women and look forward to you joining them again soon. This podcast is sponsored by upliftingwomen.net, as well as Holly Tesca Coaching and Consulting and Regent Leadership Group. Please visit your favorite platform where you found this podcast to leave a review. If you are an uplifting woman or a man who champions women's success with a story to share, Kristen and Holly would love to talk to you. Please visit upliftingwomen.net and leave us a message.